right, so Matthew chapter 11, that's where we'll be having our conversation. You know, I've said that I'm honored to see you, and I'm about saying it again, and I remember that I've said it twice. But that's just exactly how I feel. I just feel so blessed, and I feel so privileged. So if you hear me say it five times today, just... Just accept it. I, I count I count it such a great privilege. You know, I had a conversation with one of us today who is currently not in the country. And um, I needed to get some counsel from the person. And so we exchanged some voice notes. And then, and then the person gave me such a brilliant counsel. And, you know, when somebody gives you a counsel and you can't, there's nothing to take out of it. Rather, there's nothing to, to add to it, you know. And even though he gives such a perfect counsel, he was still telling me that there might be other things that maybe he's not aware of or he doesn't understand that I should put him through. And so I'm, I'm wondering, how can you be this? How can you give such perfect counsel and at the same time, you are so humble. If I have such perfect counsel, I'll be, I'll be proud about it. You know, and it just made me to appreciate the brilliance in my quarter. You know, it's, 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 it's encouraging when you, when you can turn to your right and there's no Uludu. You know, you turn to your left, there's no Uludu. You know, not, not all circles are like that. Some circles, when you turn to your right, you see. <laughs> You meet one Uludu where you don't <laughs> you know, I'm telling the truth. I can, and some of you know it. I call you, some of you uh, late, you know, um, late at night. I just call you and get your counsel. Sometimes if I even want to find out about you, I'll call your best friend and I'll tell your best friend not to tell you. Don't ask your best friend though. I'll just call somebody to give me your brief. I said, please give me this person's dossier. And God save you if your, if your friend gives me, you know, so I, I do that, you know, because you, you have, you have turned out to be such, you have turned out to be such, um, such, you've turned out to grow such, uh, I know some of you are saying I should hurry up and start the Bible study. <laughs> such turn out to be such fantastic. You turn out to have such fantastic minds, you know, that I could just literally enjoy hearing you speak. You know, I've, out of like five times, if Kenneth talks to to me out of five times, about three or four times, he's always. Very, very, very brilliant, you know. Maybe once or twice. <laughs> All right, so we've been looking at Matthew chapter 11, and and we have been talking about the kingdom, right? And we've been talking about violence. Are you with me? We're talking about violence, and uh, maybe we wrap it, we wrap it up today, and maybe we don't. But Jesus made an amazing 
statement that we need to investigate and trust God that that statement happens to us. Praise God. Do you have issues with the projector? Huh? Liar. All right. That's okay. Praise God. And so, so we have to really investigate and, and find out what's in his heart. Find out what's in his heart. Because we need to have a breakthrough in spiritual understanding. You know, spiritual understanding is different from mental understanding. Are we together now? It's different. With mental understanding, you could get it in a class, right? But for you to come into spiritual understanding, it's with your heart, right? And then we need to have a breakthrough in that. So we see in this scripture that we have been reading for some time, for some weeks now, and let's pick it up from this. Um, I think three we do. And they asked him, are you the one who is come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied to them, go and report to John what you hear and what you see. And this is what you hear and what you see. The dead are raised, the poor are told the good news. And if anyone is not offended of me, he is blessed. There is a general assumption which I subscribe to that somehow John began to have some type of expectation that perhaps he could get some levels of deliverance through the um, the reign of Jesus. You get the point now. Now the Messiah has finally come. He's going to deliver us from the tyranny of this Roman people. Are we together now? And then um, after he was put in prison, he found out that nothing spectacular has happened. And um, he was expecting something spectacular. He was expecting that one day he'll begin to hear a lot of noise around the prison cell and to be that the Messiah has taken over. Because the Jews, for some reason, had uh, a physical and a, and a, and a natural um, expectation of Jesus's reign. Are we together now? They expected that it was going to be somewhat physical or natural. And that's why the father that his disciples began to jostle for position and said, when you establish the kingdom, make me this and make me that. And everybody was looking for ministerial positions and all of that because they had this general assumption that it will most likely be some type of political takeover. Are we together now? You know, with some, with some supernatural powers to, to seize government and them um, to just be in charge. And John, for some reason, did not see that happening. Of course, not for some reason. He just didn't see that happening. And then um, he sent his disciples to Jesus. Now, I have spoken so many things about this story. I've spoken about the commitment of his disciples that how do you, how are you in prison? 
and still have disciples. And, and that's something serious that we might have to look at and, and check ourselves. That how, how does somebody in prison still have disciples? That talks of the level of commitment those guys, you know, you know, had, you know, for him. But that's by the way. And so, and, and then not also forgetting that Jesus and John have some type of blood relationship, right? They were kind of cousins, right? And um, if you wouldn't help me because I'm your... And don't also forget that prophetically speaking, John was his forerunner. And so the ties were just too deep. They were tied at, at, at various levels. Are we together now? And John was expecting more from Jesus. And Jesus told him, told disciples, go tell John, go and report to John the things which you hear and see. Which is the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. You get the point now. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Because it's a miracle for the gospel to be preached to the poor. Because the gospel is expensive. You get the point now. If the gospel is going to be preached to the poor, then there must have been a miraculous... You see, people don't stress if there's no profit. So if you're going to preach the gospel to the poor, there's not going to be... There's not going to profit. People don't, people don't send the poor. You get the point now, boy. When, when the Bible talks about... I'm just trying to open your eyes to something. When the Bible says the gospel is being preached to the poor, it's because there's supply. You get the point now. There's supply. Um... Um, preaching the gospel is very expensive. Reaching the poor is very expensive. From Jesus' times to our time. The logistics. If it wasn't expensive, Jesus would not have uh, somebody in charge of finance. If the finance was so small, he would handle it himself. But they actually had a pause. You get the point now. And when it was time to feed the poor, you, forget, you remember that one of the challenges they had was that they didn't have uh, uh, enough money to feed the amount of people. You get the point now. Are we together here, friends? Um, don't think Jesus only fed the poor miraculously every time. That would be your own, um, your own assumption. If they had a rule not to, not to feed the poor naturally, like with money, then they wouldn't have told Jesus we don't have money to feed the poor. They would have just known that anytime it's time to feed the poor is miraculous stuff. Are we together here? Get the point now. So it's, it's, very, it's very expensive. And, and sometimes when you are not in the forefront of it, permit me to go this slow. We'll, we'll catch our groove um, for me, I've already caught my groove, but I mean, when it will look like things are happening, you know, all those kind of stuff. I'm, I'm having fun, but we might not be at the same place. You guys might think it's still slow. and But let's just go. And so, he was saying that the kingdom is advancing. And if the kingdom is advancing... You can't judge 
advancement of kingdom on the basis of your own personal challenge. Your personal challenge does not describe what is happening. <laughs> I remember this funny stuff about this guy who has a big head, a big nose, that people were using on the status. Uh, what is going on? What, <laughs> yeah, what is what is what? What was the guy saying? They were what's going on? You know, the guy was so frustrated. This was going on. You know, your your personal challenge does not describe, and you need to understand this, and I'll tell you why you need to appreciate this. Your, your personal challenge does not describe what's happening. You get the point now? Your personal challenge doesn't. And that's why you cannot use your mood to determine your participation. A lot of us do that. We use our mood to, to determine our what? Our participation. So if you're in a season of lack, you are really not interested in, in God things. If God blesses you, you're like, let's go there. The times have changed. The glory has come. <laughs> you get the point now? Yes, sir. Now this is very important and it's a big deal. What I'm saying now, this particular point is a big deal. Your personal challenge, you know, it's not... Does not describe your personal challenge is not a prophecy. Does not describe what's going on. You are not so pivotal to the scheme of things that your personal challenge becomes a, a, a description of what's happening in the kingdom. And when you worship your personal challenge, you are cut off from the supply of the Spirit. Yeah. Can I preach to you? Yes, sir. Because one of the things God told me to do today is to purify. I'm going to use a strong term. And I'm not trying to be occultic. <laughs> but we need our blood purified. We need some form of purification. Because in our blood is where life is where life is. Some of us are still the level of natural breathing we are doing is still too much. We breathe personal. You are breathing personally. You should be you should be breathing the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You get my point now? Yes, sir. So so your personal challenge are you with me? Yes, sir. So you see you see God is not coming to meet you. You are the one that needs to hurry to catch up. When you were two years old, God had been doing what he's doing. When you became ten years old, God had been doing what he's doing. When you became twenty-five years old, God's doing what he's doing. You see, now that you are married, God is still doing what you're doing. If you are not married, the kingdom of God is advancing. Your marriage is not the fulfillment of any type of prophecy. And your next breakthrough is not a fulfillment of any type of prophecy. Your prosperity and your lack has, is not pivotal to the scheme of things. So, you don't wait for your personal change for you to participate. 
consciously or unconsciously, a lot of us wait for a miracle for, before we participate fully. Can I preach to you? Why is this important? This is important because the resource of the kingdom, somebody said the resource of the kingdom. The resource of the kingdom is the resource of the kingdom. The resource of the kingdom is for the kingdom. I've never stood here before, have I? (laughs) Except maybe laying of hands or something. Nice. The resource of the kingdom is, is for the kingdom. So, if God has ordained some relationships for you, those relationships has an implication, has its implication in the scheme of divine things. And for, for you to engage and connect that relationship your heart has to beat for the kingdom. Now, if your heart or your blood is still beating for only yourself, you will be static. You stay in one place. And that connection will not happen. Because that connection is not for the prosperity of your life. That connection is for the prosperity of the kingdom. And kingdom resource is for kingdom resource. Let me tell you the fastest way to go about it. Some type of suicide. Suicide will give you speed. If you just detonate the flesh. Because that way... See, Paul put it this way. Paul said... This is how Paul said it. Let me confuse you a bit. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. And I said, nevertheless, I live. Then later he said, yet not I. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And he looked at it deeply and said, yet not I. That is to say, there has been a... Suicide has happened. Resurrection has happened. Now I'm confused if it's me living or Jesus living. You can't tell anymore. Now, if you live that way, it means that you have now transported even your mundane into the scheme of things. You get the point? You have transported everything. So God can now... Factor it all in. He cannot factor everything in. It's all meant to be factored in. You are not meant to cut off yourself and trust that he bless you. You see, because you are not... Listen, let me tell you the truth. You are not the most important thing to God. In God's mind right now, you are not the most. Let me tell you the God you are dealing with. This man killed his son. And he didn't have two. Only begotten son. Odes or Juno. Do you know what it means for, for Jesus, who is God, to get to a point to, for him to think God has left him? My father, my father. Jesus made that statement. My father, my father. It's not a deep revelation. That Eli, Eli, Lamax, Abagtani. He says, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Why? And that you go. <laughs> you see, 
Because you must understand the document. The document of creation enshrined in scripture is that all things were made for his pleasure. So God plans to be happy and nobody's going to stop his happiness. The only thing we can do is to trust him that his other name is love. So if his love, we know his happiness cannot harm us. That we cannot find, we cannot find happiness until his happiness is the greatest business I can invest in. That's why, that's why the prophet was telling us and said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We have an assumption that what you are saying is my joy. Joy is my strength. No. The joy of the Lord, when God is happy, that's my own strength. That's what he was saying. He was not saying, hey, the joy of the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord. No, no, no. He was saying that if I can, if I can, if God is joyful, I'm strong. So, we can now better appreciate Jesus' response to John. And says, John, forget yourself. Can I preach here? It was not saying, John, forget yourself. Hear and see. What is most important is that the kingdom is advancing. The blind see. The deaf hear. The gospel is being preached. Align. Why? Because if you don't align, you will question God. When you focus on yourself, you, you question. It says, are you, are, you the, are you the Messiah? Anytime it's a, you're looking only at yourself, then you would, you would miss the character of God. Anytime you are looking at yourself, you look at what you have, you look at what you don't have. Are you with me, friends? Praise God. Maybe you don't have money. And you've not had money for a while. And like, this thing, is it working? You now hear Samuel's song. It's working. My tight is working. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It's not working. Man. Oh my God. So when you put the spotlight on yourself, you would have a lot of reasons to question the Lord. Whereas you are meant to participate fully. And the importance of full participation, can I tell you the importance of full participation? You want to know? Yes. Alright, I'll tell you. The importance of full participation is that until you are participating fully, you will not be allocated resource. Until you are participating how? Fully. You will not be allocated kingdom resource. Because I told you kingdom resource is for kingdom work. Right? And so, if, and if you're not participating fully, you cannot have kingdom resource. And that's why and that's why a soldier, the military is what is used to describe our faith many times, right? Yes, 
So you, you can't be a soldier and a banker. You can, be, you, can, you can be a banker and a teacher. Am I correct? Yes, sir. You can be a banker and many things, but you can't be a soldier and a banker. You can't be a soldier in the, in the morning, a banker in the afternoon. If, if you want to blend um, the military and other things, you have to leave the military. You get, yeah. And if you are fully in the military in a proper country, then the military owe you the resource of the nation. Why? Because you are no longer living for yourself. Are we together now? And this was the simple thing Jesus was trying to teach us in Matthew chapter 6. When he was talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He wasn't talking about coming to church. And he wasn't talking about joining a department. He was talking about redefinition of life. If I told you most of you are there, I'm lying to you. You see, I don't preach and say you don't. I don't like speaking. It's part of my training not to speak negative when I'm preaching. So when you're, when you're preaching, I like to reduce things like, ah, you can't get what I'm talking about. I don't like it. Because if you're telling me I can't get, I can't get. Then let's go my shut down the Bible study. Why are we? You get it? Some preachers like to do that. Maybe I used to do that, but I had to start reducing it. I said, ah, you can't get it. This one is too much. Then don't talk to us. Why are we here? Um, the reason we have a teacher is because there's hope of understanding. Yes, sir. So you can't be teaching me and taking my hope again. So that was what he was teaching when he said, seek first the kingdom. He wasn't talking about coming to church early. And he wasn't talking about joining the department. He was talking about redefinition of your life. That your life now becomes about the kingdom. Are you together with me? And not about you. So that you can come into a realm where all things shall be added. Can I teach you here? Let me tell you the truth. Not all things, all things are not added to everybody. Every other person works for everything. But some people step into added to them. You see? And when it becomes added, it is because the angels supply it. Yes. Can I talk to you here? I'm missing too many. I'm, I'm, a lot of you are missing me. I'm not really happy about that. So we all have to now begin to really meditate about these things and begin to pray about these things till we have a breakthrough where truly the purposes of God is more important than my own personal um, 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 happiness and all of that. And that's the reason for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit was sent by, by God, by the sacrifice of Jesus. But have you noticed the Holy Spirit does not negotiate with you? Have you noticed the Holy Spirit does not reduce is what he tells you? Like, if he tells you give, give 10K, you know, you know, both of you cannot negotiate. You know, I say, okay, okay, I think, I think you're making a point. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, give five. You know, he doesn't do that. You see, because you are irrelevant. You get the point now. 
You either obey him or don't obey him. You have will, you have choice. You see? But you see, your will and choice doesn't have, is not just. There is no dot of justice in your will and choice. You can, you can use it, but it is not, there's no righteousness in it and there's no justice in it. Are you with me? So, if there's no righteousness in it and there's no justice in it, it means that it can't, it's not part of the mix in the things that God does or God is doing. So, when he speaks to you, he's speaking from the realms of divine holiness. Are we together here? Which is the dimensions of God, the truth of God, the exactness of God's thoughts and God's ideas. Praise God. And his intention is to bring you into that level of thinking, right? Are we together here? That's what the Holy Spirit does to you. So the Holy Spirit is getting you to conformity. He's not necessarily pampering you. He's not a pampering spirit. No, no, no. It's the spirit of comfort, but it's not a spirit of, it doesn't pamper. He doesn't change his mind. I tell you the truth. He doesn't change his mind. He's very, he's very um, exact, precise. Paul was speaking one time in the book of Philippians, and he said that, don't worry if you don't have this understanding. Philippians chapter 3, there about. And he explained, you would have thought he was releasing those people. He said, don't worry, after a while as you mature, he said, God himself will bring you to this same. So you are coming back there. So, we see clearly that if you think of yourself, your personal desires, your personal um, uh, 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 I think I used into secrecy last, last week. <laughs> I should look for another one. If you think about that, you won't, you won't get into the kingdom. And that was what John was thinking about, and Jesus was trying to show him what God is doing. So, so you need to always learn to find out what's God doing. It's more important than how am I feeling. Yes. Yes. Jerry, you get the point. What's God doing? And when you find out what God, what God's doing, you step in. Yes. That stepping in is your process of purification. Yeah. yeah. Then it purifies your soul. Yes, then you become powerful. Yeah. Oh, somebody say powerful. powerful. Can I, let me talk about that a bit. Can you say powerful? Powerful. Say powerful. 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 Now, you see, just let me just stay a little here about powerful. I come back to the kingdom. Now, you see, the power of God is is domiciled, allow me to use that word, in the spirit of God. So it says that you shall receive power when? Huh? After the what? The Holy Ghost has what? Has come upon you. 
So it means that the Holy Spirit is what? Is the agent of power, right? Am I correct? It says you shall receive power after what? The Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the Spirit of God is where power is. In another place, Jesus Christ was talking about the Spirit, and it says that when the Spirit comes to this world, it will convict the world of sin, of what again? Of righteousness. What's the last one? Of judgment, right? So, the power of the Spirit, one of his main expressions, are said by Jesus. Now, listen to this. When Jesus was healing the sick, he was doing it by the Spirit, right? But now, he's now talking about the Spirit again. And he's now talking about when the Spirit will come as... As government. Because in Genesis chapter 1 and all the book, all through Genesis, we saw God, right? After a while, we saw Jesus come. Then now, who is here? The Holy Spirit. Not just as an anointing, is here. Right? Now, Jesus did a whole lot of stuff by the Spirit, but he's saying that there is another dimension of the Spirit. That when he comes as the God of the earth, when it's his own time, one of the things that, this, that, that accurately describes him or that, that accurately depicts his, 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 his activity is conviction. And let me tell you the truth. There is nothing in heaven and on earth that can convict except the spirit. I'm telling you the truth. Nothing. See, if anything could convict, our mothers will have power of conviction. Yeah. Our, our mothers will repeat the same thing. We will not hear what, right? They have tried everything. Some people, they beat them. The, the beating is not working, working again. Some people, they will carry the whole family, their uncle, to have meeting with them. Next week. It's too far. It's too far. I shall leave it if it is. I tell you, I tell you, the spirit has the capacity to what? To convict. You see, one of the things you should be praying about is, Holy Spirit, convict me. You should be praying it underneath your breath. Holy Spirit, convict me. If he holds you. He's, he's the one you can call finish work. Yeah. You know, there's somebody in this church, anytime I finish preaching, when he sees me, you know, outside, 
He's, he's, he's one of my friends. He's a bike rider. He's a, he's a member of our church. Very nice man. He, will, he, will just, he can just park and say, Palazak! He's a worry man. Last week you finished work. <laughs> he's a pastor, you finished work. <laughs> That's how he says I preach a good message. Uh, what's his name? Oh, my friend. Philip. Who's your pastor? You finish work. Ah, you finish work. Well, now every time, sir, you two they finish work. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what the Holy Spirit. Does. See, it was the Spirit of God that grabbed Jesus at that Gethsemane place. Yeah. Just hold him. Mm. Can hold you one. It can. It can grind. Just grind you. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is to surrender. Yes, he can sir. do the rest. Yes. So when I was talking about us being powerful, what if you, what if you carried conviction, convicting power? Hmm. You yourself. Wow. 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 What do you convict the world of you? Hey. Are you convicting? Some of you should convict the world of, of, of faithlessness. Convict the world. Like, do people see you and they are convicted? Some of us must begin to trust God to bring us to realms where we will convict the world of sin. Wives that will convict the world of submission. <laughs> you, know you, don't, you won't even preach it. The slave queen will just come to your house one day and just say how things are. <laughs> and she was like, she like, I see this. <laughs> Husbands to convict men of love. Yeah. You get the point now? Yes, but you see, if the spirit is unable to get you, then it can't get people through you. You get the point, friends? Yes, sir. Are we together, friends? Yes, sir. So, the more I allow the Spirit to take out my personal um, I, that word is coming again. I want to use another one. Who can give me another word instead of in, in your secrecies? Eh? Your personal inclinations. Praise God. If you allow the Spirit of God to take out your personal inclinations, what happens is that you are growing in power. And this is a mystery, even in marriage. You know, I like, my messages always dive into marriage. (laughs) Always. There's a mystery in marriage. You can't change your wife or your husband. You can only convict them. That's why the Spirit of God really tells you 
the wrong things your spouse is doing. Because that information doesn't change anything. What the Spirit tells you is what you should be doing. Because the Spirit knows that if He can get you changed, that you release conviction in the home. Because it's conviction that will change your spouse. And conviction cannot happen if conviction has not happened with you. It can't happen with your spouse. So, so, so if God wants to change your wife, he troubles you. Because he knows that if he can change you, he will convict her. Yeah. Yeah. Talk doesn't do much. And that's what the, that's what the Bible was talking about. When the apostle, one of our fathers was teaching us, I think his name, I think it's Peter. When he says that even if you marry an ungodly person, he said through your conversation, KJB did a bad job. Because you have an assumption that through your conversation means through talking. No, it's actually opposite. He said you without a word. Let's, let's see it. Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word, the word obey the word means they are not born again. They without a word. Praise God. The question you need to find out, how effective is your life when you are not talking? How strong is your argument when you have said nothing? You have to push to those places. How strong is your argument when you are not talking? It is a convicting life that can change another life. And, and, and a life that can have convict, convicting power is a life that has allowed the spirit to convict. He says, be submissive to your own husbands that even if, if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Why? When they observe your chaste conduct. Are you together with me? Jerry, Jerry, get up. Let me show you something that that scripture didn't tell you. Now, when they observe what? Your chaste what? Conduct. But do you know that you don't have any chaste conduct as a person? You are not chaste. They are actually chasing you. You are not, <laughs> you are not chaste. Now, that word chaste conduct is talking about the workings of the spirit. If the spirit does not work in us, none of us have, or they are chasing all of us. None of us is, is personally chased by him. Chaste. Just chast. I don't even understand that word. But you see, that by your chaste conduct is the work of the spirit. That's the primary work of the spirit. It's the spirit that works that in you. Are we together here? That's why, let me say another one. That's why, you see, may your husband or may your wife not be with the same person they married on wedding day. You see, you see, because when you get married, most of the times we marry for beauty's sake, right? And sometimes for love's sake. Am I correct? 
Most of the times. A, lo a lot of us. You know, you see a girl you like and there is no, there is no, um, you have peace. Have you? <laughs> I have a pastor who need peace. I have peace about um, Tell me not about five. Oh, they did peace. Say <laughs> I have peace, you know. And and I don't have. I I I particularly don't even have a problem with that. I'm I'm the kind of pastor who will not stress you with. Did you hear God? I don't. Because you will hear God after the wedding. You will hear God too. Does it? I don't usually all this. Did you hear God? Are you sure it's God? I did that about eight years ago. I don't ask people all those questions. There are other questions I ask. Is it born again? If it's a, if it's a girl that brought a guy, is it born again? If it's a guy I don't know, I find out what does he do? What is his dreams? Then the last thing is who are, who are his pastors and mentors? And I call them. Is he okay? Yes, I always do that. Is he okay? And I still did it some weeks back. I called the pastor. I didn't know the guy from anywhere. I said, your, one of your sons says you are his pastor. Is this somebody you can give your, your own blood biological? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lady here who's one of the guys wanted to marry. One guy from outside was going to marry her. So I, so I, called, I called the pastor. And the pastor said, he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. If that's how I would have caught that guy's job like that, because I won't. If the pastor says they're fantastic, I won't tell him. I'll just say we need to, you know. I'll just say we need to pray. Um, patience, time lets us know. You know, pastors have their language. By the time I give you those languages, and and I'll call the girl and I'll and I'll tell her that. The, I'm not sure of this. This guy, but it will be a very light advice. Yeah, it's important. And for those who will be pastors, you have to learn. I was telling some, no, still stand up. I was telling a guy that you need to put in leadership, especially spiritual leadership, not, not, um, not, um, corporate leadership. Corporate leadership is different from, from spiritual leadership. The Bible says that shepherds, Peter taught shepherds not to lord it. It's important. Shepherds must not lord it. It's very important. Sometimes we want to lord it, we think it's love. You understand? And before you know it, another spirit has, has stepped into it. Most pastors lord it out of love, actually. But you must learn not to lord it. So anytime, as for those of you who are stepping into ministry... You must begin to, I know you love your people, but you must begin to practice. And don't think that people will die, people will pay. No. Even if people, if people you, you overestimate what can happen, to, you know. You must put not important on all your advice. Put it on top. Not important. Because what makes your advice important is not the lordship you put on it. What, what makes your advice important is the honor in the heart of the person. So people don't change because you, you spoke tough. Somebody who is going to listen to you, even when you didn't, can even hear when you are not talking. Do you understand? So it's mutual honor that, that brings 
counsel and all of that. Be careful of forcing. Be careful of telling people you must do this. This is what the Lord said. It's witchcraft. It's not New Testament. It's not New Testament. You know. Sometimes I join people who I feel should not be married. And all I need to check is if their decision meets scripture. Is it born again? Is it submitted to somebody? If some of those things are there, and I feel in my spirit, I will tell you that I don't think this is the person. I still told somebody recently, I don't think, I don't think this person, you should be married to this person at all. I said, but... No, 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 I'm not laughing. Please don't laugh. I'm serious. I said, but... If you're sure, if God has spoken to you, I promise you I'm going to give you 100% of my support. And guess what? I'm giving the person 100% of my support. And if the person finds out that you shouldn't have married that person in marriage, I'm never going to say I told you. It now becomes my responsibility to start another process of counseling and all of that to make it work. Because the earth was without form and void when God created it. So even a bad marriage can get better. And if we try, if it doesn't work, if it enters divorce, we will still be part of the whole process. Yes. We never give up on anybody who is available. So, so I'm talking marriage, right, friends? Are you listening to me? So make sure, and not just marriage, I, I just like to use marriage as, I don't know why. So make sure the person you're married to, make sure that the person that married you doesn't meet the same person five years later. You can't remain the same. By the spirit, you should not create another. The spirit, you should allow the spirit to create another you. Amen. Amen. So that the person will look and thank God for the decision they made. Yeah. Don't, remain, don't remain the same. You must change and improve. That was what Peter also was talking about when he was talking about the beauty of a woman. He said, a woman's beauty is not... Do not let your adornment be what merely. Somebody say merely. So, any beauty that is. So, arranging the air, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel, other what adding is it as per beauty? Merely. You get the point now? So, and a lot of us married merely. The people we married are merely, and uh, even we who are said when we married them, we are merely. Do you understand? So when a guy sees a girl and says, Wow, beautiful, the Bible says that that person is what? Merely. Now, but that's okay, but you can't be merely for five years. It's, it's disastrous. And have the spirit. That is to say, by the grace of God and by the spirit of God, even though you started as merely, you should now turn to another type of person. So you must, you must, you must metamorphose. You get the point, and that's why God is not afraid of two immature people getting married, because He knows that if both of them can trust the Spirit to recreate them, they will become 
better people. You get the point now. They can become better people. They'll change. They'll change. So there is hope for anybody who has the spirit inside them. Are you together with me? Because the spirit of God is powerful. The only thing is if they do not surrender. Surrender is the only thing you need for the spirit to be able to what? To work. So arranging the air, wearing gold or putting on fine apparel. Rather let it be what? The hidden person of the heart. With what? The incorruptible beauty of a gentle and what? Quiet spirit. So there is a physical natural beauty. But that beauty has a tag called merely. There's another beauty. What's the tag on it? Incorruptible. Are you together with me? So you must give your spouse the privilege of having interaction with an incorruptible person. It might take some time, but you have to give the person, at least let the person meet one incorruptible person in his or her lifetime. You get the point now. So usually what happens is that sometimes we get married and then we begin, our merely begin to quarry. Your merely and my merely will kill, we'll just be fighting themselves, want to kill themselves. Whereas both of us ought to appreciate that, yes, you are merely and merely, but I'm going to trust the Spirit of God to bring out the best in you. And the way I can get you to come out of your merely is not by emphasizing how merely you are. It's by trusting God to deliver me from my own merely and bring me to my own incorruptible. Because don't forget that when the Holy Spirit works in me, I will have power of conviction. So it is incorruptible that turns merely to incorruptible. Are you together with me? So don't think the Holy Spirit is hard on you. Because sometimes as a spouse, you might think the Holy Spirit is hard on you. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is answering your prayers. When you are complaining about your spouse and the Holy Spirit is talking to you about you, it's actually answering your prayer because until you change, your spouse will not change. So, you must appreciate, you must appreciate bringing conviction than bringing a superior argument. You can see that. Are we together? Now, I was talking about power, right? Yeah. Are you making sense out of it? Or am I... Is it, is it like in the air? It's real, right? And you can see what I'm talking about, right? Okay, we still have some little moment to talk and to share. So I started this conversation by telling you that just like John, we have an impression that you are the pivot or you are the measurement of what is happening in the kingdom. Can you tell somebody beside you, you're not? Tell the person, you're not. You're not. You get the point now. If this church, for example, don't align, 
the move of God in this city will continue. You get the point now? The Bible says he did not commit himself to, to man because he knows man and knows what's in their heart. So, we, instead of using my life, so I'm not going to use my life to, to describe or my life is not the most, is not the most paramount thoughts in my heart. It's the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. So John was in prison sending people to Jesus. I said, are you the Messiah? You are in lack and you are sending prayers to God. Have you forgotten me? The same thing, right? When we look at ourselves too much, we question his character. But when we look at what he's doing in the world, we know he's still powerful. Oh, oh my God. Listen, listen. I see, listen. There are a lot of lives being changed. A lot of lives being transformed. I meet a lot of people coming to Jesus. I see God supernaturally providing for people. So I'm, I'm seeing him do great stuff. So I can't question him because some part of my life is not working. Are you with me? I am not the deaf. My life is not the, it's not, it's not the basis of judgment. I don't use my life to judge his goodness. I look at what is happening in the world and I scream, God is good. And I, be, and I find how to be part of it. If you, if you wait for him to come, he's a busy God. You are better join him. This is the exact secret of my life, for example. This is one knowledge God supernaturally put in my soul since I was a teenager. I just knew that God is a busy God. The Bible says the zeal, talking of Jesus, he said the zeal of his father's house has consumed him. You get the point now? It has consumed him. Immediately you step into this frequency, you begin to get supply of kingdom resource. Friends, I tell you the truth and I lie not. There is something called kingdom resource. Yes. The angelic heaven provides resources. A lot of you have not stepped in because you are still, your life is still priority. So you are not, you are not tapping into your portion. And God has a larger share for you than whatever you can get for yourself. If you can detonate yourself, let me stop using those words before somebody will, before somebody will go and bomb himself. Now. <laughs> if you can trust God to help you take out your flesh, you will handle a lot of things for us. Yeah. The deliverance is to take you out so that you can go for us. Yeah. Until you are fit to go for us, they can't open heaven's supply gate, supply doors. Because the supply door is for the kingdom. 
man. So, Jonah, the wife of Shuza, Aaron, stewards, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their what? From their what? From their what? That is conviction. That is what? Conviction. Because in the earth, funds flow in the direction of what? Work. Eh? But when you get into a realm of conviction, funds will come to you because it is needed for purpose. Yeah. And I'm not talking only ministry. I'm not talking ministry. I'm not talking only ministry. I'm talking even your business. Your business can enter the realms if you allow the spirit to lead you. Since we started flowing in one or two principles of Christ, even in our finances as a church, boom, it went up. Alignment. You know, sometimes I ask God, God, what am I not getting right? They are not my main prayers, but their prayers are introduced time in, time out. Because you can't be praying all your life, God, what am I not getting right? You will be weak. Because you have that negative spirit will step into you because you think you are wrong. And when you think you, when you always think you are wrong, you cannot prosper. Yeah. So once in a while I put it, I always put it in. Father, is there any? Because I know that if the spirit convicts you, prosperity is sure. It says, the provided for him. Are you with me? Can your business be provided for? What's the answer? Yes. 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 Can your career be provided for? It be provided for him. You see, because one of our, one of somebody had an an experience with the Lord recently. And is, is one of the, my trusted voices. And she told me, she said, she had an experience. Somebody entered into the house and prophesied. And said, the days of lack are over. And you have come to the season of, is it berries or supply of berries? I can't remember the word. But that's where we are in now. You see? But if it's going to open the floodgate, then you have to be found on the field. Being passionate about what he's passionate about. It is illiteracy to live for yourself. Spiritual illiteracy. Because, because how, do you even, how do you even know yourself? It is in his face that we begin to find out who we, who we really are. Can I preach here? I just see, I see something in that place that, that I'm sensing the Lord is saying to us. That you shall be provided for. That I, there is an utterance in that place. I, I want that utterance to step into your spirit. There is an utterance there. 
That is, there is an utterance there. There is a word of decree in that place that I want you to step in. The Bible says they provided for him. That is to say, his, his substance was not a fruit of his labor. That others labored and provided for him. I prophesy and I install this order of life. That as you commit yourself to the kingdom. You shall be provided for. Your well being shall be provided for. You are going to be provided for. You shall be provided for. Friends, I'm still going to prophesy this. I'm still going to say this. Somebody for no, for no reason, for no reason, decided to give me about a 50% discount on purchase. Yeah, for no reason. I didn't beg, I didn't ask for it. He just said yes. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't even know. It was the time I found out. It was until it was until they, they, they brought the thing in and people were going to buy the thing from me at at the real cost. You don't get it. I got a fifty percent discount. By the time the thing landed, they were offering me the real cost. And so before even taking possession, I was I had the opportunity to make and this is a businessman, that's what he does for business. And he decided not to make profits. I told my wife, we could sell him. No, sell him. She said, no. She said, that's poverty. She said, it's a poverty mindset. You can advise without insulting your husband. <laughs> she said, because it was provided on the basis of favor. You were not planning to do business. Favor brought it. Don't, conf- don't bring yourself low. You are a child of favor. You don't have to make... To be favor is more powerful than smartness. So when you smart, when you are smart, you fall short. I say I have, I have heard you. <laughs> I have heard you. Are we together here? Hey. Don't wait till I shout before you know I'm prophesying to you. You step into that order. There is somebody you will be called. You will be called and say, come and share of this. Come and and share here. Azak, is it possible? Yes, it's possible in the realms of God. That's why I'm inviting you into it. It's possible. Come and share of this. Come and share. Come and share of this. Come and share of this. Come and share. Come and be part of this business. Come. We need you here. Come and own it. There is a new aspect of this industry. Come and be the first 
Patika, come. You shall be provided for. God is causing the men of substance and women of substance to invite you. You are invited to a place of substance. Receive your invitation. You receive your invitation. The people of substance have gone ahead of you to provide for you. The people of substance it's time to get an invitation from the people of substance. I prophesy over your life and I release this dimension and let it be operational in your life. Let the people of substance great great substance bring you in. Bring you in. Because you are on an, an assignment for Jesus. So the people of substance will now begin to bring you in. Hallelujah. Can have your seat. I'm unable to step into my teachings today, but we'll still do it another time. Because I wanted to tell you about three things. And I've been unable to, to even talk the first one. But I, I have no doubt in my spirit that you shall be invited. Amen. In, in fact, June, I'm going to declare many days of praise. Amen. Yeah. June. Days of praise. And it will be physical for those who can make it. Those who will go to work who can connect online. We'll do physical. 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Just have one hour every day for some days. We'll just be praise because you are stepping in. I said you are stepping in. From the day you stepped into this house, you stepped into greatness. I hope you knew that. The day you signed to step into that, those doors, you stepped into a level of greatness you didn't bargain for. That's your portion. Can you give him some high praise? 